All right, y'all, it's time to go behind the brand with one of the OG meme creators in pharmacy. You've probably seen his meme yesterday, the day before, and probably all week long. They're freaking hilarious. Mainly they're video memes, but they are the cornerstone, I believe, in what's helping us get through one of the craziest years, not just in pharmacy, but in our world, 2020. I see my victory so clear. And yes, guys, that is correct. Today, we're going behind the brand with the creator of RX Radio. Richard Waith is a pharmacist and also the president of VUCA Health. VUCA Health creates medication education videos for patients and works with pharmacies and health systems to get that content to their patients. And guys, in a time where everything's virtual and innovation is just the standard, it's becoming essential for the evolution of pharmacy practice. Richard is also the host of the RX Radio podcast. He went to the University of Florida College of Pharmacy and remains passionate about patient engagement and advancements in technology and its impact on how we provide care. So guys, without further ado, I want to introduce to you super special guest, Dr. Richard Waith. Welcome to the Fit Pharmacist Healthcare Podcast. Adam, thanks so much for having me. Uh, definitely excited to be here. I'm pumped, man. And I just want to say, like, holy crap, your growth, like you do a lot of different social media platforms, but your growth on Instagram in particular has just been explosive. Seriously. Like, it, is that your main platform or what, how did you, what, how did you go about with that? Yeah, well, it definitely has the most, um, the most community built, uh, built on Instagram. The following counts definitely there. The amount of impressions uh, is definitely one of the main places that uh, I'm seeing growth and traffic. Um, but personally, I love Twitter though. Like Twitter is one of my favorite platforms and I'm on there a lot, um, both on my personal page and Larks radio, but, um, Instagram, yes, over the course. And I think that's due to the memes as well. Um, I think the, the community building, uh, using the memes has been, um, has been great. I've gotten even like a couple of days, like, I think earlier today, I got a message saying that like, it actually is like the memes and the comedy is helping them kind of get through the day. Yeah. Um, which is just kind of, it's, it's crazy to kind of, you know, hear that, but it's also cool to see how, you know, people across the country can relate to this one meme about pharmacy or about, you know, how much of a struggle return of stock might be, you know, and, and just see how like, you know, your day to day, it's like, yes, it's happening to you and it sucks in the day, but like, it's also relatable because it's happening to like others across the country. So it's pretty, it's interesting in that way. 100% man. And guys, you hear me say this all the time. One of the cornerstones of a strong personal brand is the community. So when you have people like us pharmacists on the front lines going through so much more than the day-to-day -day normal expectations in our career, and you're able to connect and bring those people together with comedic relief, that's invaluable. And guys, I know you like the memes, uh, but what I really want to invite you to learn about is the man behind the brand. Uh, I have known Rich for several years. He is a dear friend and honestly a huge influencer in my life with helping me get started on my own podcast that you're listening to right now. And a uh, super awesome dude, he actually invited myself and uh, our other uh, member of the tripod, tripod, Dr. Mike Corvino of Core Consult RX, uh, down to Miami where he lives to stay in his humble abode and uh, rock it out with some late night podcasting endeavors. 
Uh, so guys, I, I know just what an awesome dude this guy is, and I just want to use this opportunity to let you know what he's about and the work that he's doing. So Rich, I just want to start at the beginning because, I mean, you're deep, deep in pharmacy on so many different <laughs> levels and doing so much awesome work for so many like patient care, pharmacists. I know you speak at pharmacy schools. You're really into Kappa Psi from when you were a student. So I just want to invite you to share like what led you to pharmacy in the first place? Where did that start for you? So Adam, first of all, super humbled by the kind words um, and, you know, super glad to be a part of like your beginnings of, of the, the journey with podcasting, um, your speaking and, and all the things that you're doing with your brand. So um, th thanks for that. Uh, the beginning for me was, it's actually really interesting. So, uh, you know, obviously the beginnings a lot of times starts with, you know, parents and my mom's a nurse. So that's kind of like what really introduced me to like the, the concept of healthcare, uh, uh, just um, as first seeing what healthcare is like and what a healthcare provider is. Um, but it wasn't always in my cards. I thought, you know, I didn't really like what going through high school and things like that. I didn't know what I really wanted to do. I thought I was going to do business or something. Um, I was like the type that sold lollipops in school. So like my mindset was just always around business, you know? So, um, but when I was a senior in high school, um, one of my, uh, specifically my AP psychology teacher, which is funny because I only took like one AP class. I did, I did terrible in high school. I barely got into college, which is really funny. I hear um, you there. <laughs> she, she was like, hey, she, I guess she was also in pharmacy school at some point and she had a serious life issue happen and she ended up not finishing pharmacy school. But I guess she saw the, the, um, what the future looked like and how things were going really well at the time. And um, she saw in me that I probably had a great personality to be able to like be a good pharmacist. Um, and I, she, once she said that, I was just looked into, I, again, I had no idea kind of what I wanted to do. I thought business kind of like just go to like a community college. And then I looked into what pharmacy was like. I was like, oh, six figures. Like, I, you know, I, it's science-y and like, you know, so I can kind of like learn like about science and then I can also help people um, using my personality and my communication skills. So it just seemed like a really good fit. I literally never looked back from my senior year in high school from when she told me about that and just like was super convinced that all I was going to do is become a pharmacist. Um, so again, barely like, it's funny, like the story of me getting into college because it was like on the spot, like FIU was in a growth phase at the time in Miami and they literally brought in recruiters to the school and they did on the spot interviews and, um, and like on the spot admissions, basically. Wow. And after my second time taking the SAT, I had met the minimum score, which at the time was a 970 to get in. So I, <laughs> I had that. I had above a 2.5 GPA because I had a 2.7 GPA and 2.5 was the minimum, which is crazy to think about back then. But I, and I, they accepted me on the spot, barely got in. But once I got in, like a, like something hit for me and it was just all about like, like just really doing as best as I can yeah. um, from an academic perspective. And that really took off for me. I wanted to make sure I went to a really good school for pharmacy school, obviously went to UF. Um, I, I got a degree in chemistry and things just like clicked for me in terms of like academically. And I started doing really well and then um, got really, and then I got really passionate about pharmacy. Um, I got some experience obviously working in, in, a, in a, at a CVS at the time. Um, when I got into pharmacy school, I was very, I, I wanted to be open-minded with what I was going to do with my career. But for me, it was heavily focused on like patient education and, and like being able to help patients directly, um, which in, in my vision was in a community setting. And just, it just really snowballed from there. Got like an internship with Target Pharmacy when I was in pharmacy school. Um, when I graduated, I became um, the manager with them, went through their transition to CVS. 
uh, finished off with Publix. And then, you know, there, there's some, there's some things in there I can dive into a little bit as well past the intro in terms of kind of how I got my start with VUCA and, and with RX radio and all that good stuff. But that's kind of the early beginnings for me. Dude, that's, that's so inspiring. And, and I totally resonate with what you said in that you barely got in and something just clicked. Like, I'm not going to waste this opportunity. I'm gonna, really going to run with that. Uh, for me, that's, that's what happened with pharmacy school. So I, I totally get that 100%. And, and I, I get that vibe. But y- you skimmed over some awesome points, man. Like, when you were in Target, if I remember correctly, you were literally the poster child of pharmacy. <laughs> like, you were an ad, literally. <laughs> Is yeah. that not true? Yeah, no, it's true. It's funny because uh, the story behind that is um, Michelle Diaz, which is funny. The crazy thing about this is the, the reason I was a, a uh, ad from within Target Pharmacy was because of the manager at the time of who I, my, my district manager at the time and when I was a Target. She's now working with me at VUCA, which is really funny. That's but, so cool. Um, she, like, she was a district manager at the time and I guess they were doing, so Target at the time would all of their um, like marketing collateral and images of people like that look like a pharmacist was actual pharmacists. Like they didn't hire actors and models and stuff like that. They actually took their real pharmacists and would put them on the ads and put them in the videos. Wow. And at the time they were like looking for, you know, people to be, be in this. And she just asked me, Hey, can I submit your Facebook picture? Like, and just see if, you know, you do. I was like, yeah, sure. Go ahead. Like, and literally like went on with my day. And like three months later, I get this like weird email saying, Hey, you've been chosen to be flown out to, um, Minnesota and to, um, you know, be on the ad. And so I was like, what? Like, this is so crazy. And then, I, and then I went, right. And then they're like, there was a bunch of people there and they're like, Oh, like, you know, you might not be selected. We're just going to like, we're still going to take all the pictures and do a video of you and all this stuff. So I was like, Oh, like, I'll just take the free trip. Like go look at target corporate and all this stuff. And then a few months after that, all of a sudden I walk into a store and there's a huge picture of myself, um, in the diabetes aisle, um, which, which obviously, which fun, which is also funny because going back, it's like, it, it led to a lot of awkward conversations because I'm standing there in the pharmacy and working. And then someone walks down the aisle, looks at the picture, looks at me, looks back at the picture. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, is that you? And like, so I'm like, yeah, it's me. So it's, it's really interesting. It's, it's, it's really interesting. Um, couple years with, with my face on that, on that ad there. And it was literally across the country. So, um, and then, you know, obviously friends and family were starting to message me when they'd see it. So it was really, really interesting. That's so cool, man. And it's interesting that that was kind of the intro. Maybe it wasn't the first time, but it was kind of the intro into like technology and branding and just connecting with others through that platform. So this is one thing that I really want you guys to know about Rich. And when I started my first business back in 2013, you guys know the fit pharmacist. I was really into nutrition. I did nutrition consulting. My first ever business mentor told me that the world changes, business changes, regardless of what market you're in. It's not about following the trends. It's about being, having an ear to the ground in the market you're in, seeing where the tide is shifting and getting there before the trend sets so that you can be a pioneer in that space. And in my opinion, I think Rich is the epitome of that person for pharmacy because he is involved, he is a pharmacist, and he's constantly doing research with pharmacy. What's going on? What are patients needing? Where are pharmacists struggling? Where is there a need that needs to be addressed that either isn't being acted on or there's proposed solutions that just suck and I can take what I'm good at to make them better. And whenever I flew down to stay with Rich in Miami a couple years ago, 
just through hearing his story and what he was doing, because right around that time is when I think you just started with VUCA. You started telling me about these things, about you know, paper and, and shifting patient education. And back in the day, it was like, okay, this makes sense. Yeah. But no one was really moving on it. But you were like all in. Now, when you look around two years later, that's where everyone's going. So the reason that I highly recommend you guys connect with Rich is because he's real talk. And it's easy to say things and predict, but when you actually like, like money talks, when you shift your whole career towards this, it's something you believe in. I think that's something extremely admirable that you, you have to take action on. And I think it's something that I, I really want you to share. Like, how do you get to a place? Because I mean, if you're listening to this, likely you're a pharmacist or a pharmacy student. Y'all know changes everywhere, every day. Drugs get approved, they get taken off, there's a recall, there's a meme, oh, that's so true. That's the reality. But the thing is, if you can see where change is going before it happens, imagine the competitive advantage that will give you to position your assets and interests for your career. And honestly, Rich, I don't know if I ever told you this, but I think you're the key person that, that I have seen that does this with their pharmacy career. Um, so I just want to invite you to share like how, you, how you're able to do that, to see trends that are coming in pharmacy before they hit and kind of give us a taste for how you shifted towards VUCA, what VUCA is all about and what you're currently doing to advance patient care in the profession. Yeah, so one thing for me is I've always been a, I've always been super interested in technology, right? Um, I was the type that, had the sidekick when it came out, like a little flip thing. Um, I was always, you know, I was always into not only technology, but like how we communicated. So like I was all, like any new way to easily communicate, I was always on that. Like whether it was a beeper, whether it was a two-way messenger, whether it was like, the, you know, I had one of the first like Windows smartphones that came out because I knew it was just a new way to communicate. Um, but what I started to do when I got to pharmacy school and, and to healthcare was I was still very involved in realizing how things are happening just in general culture. And what I realized is that healthcare is actually usually really behind on normal things that we see happening in our day-to-day -day lives. Pharmacy and healthcare as a whole is usually way behind on that. And you know, there's a bunch of reasons that that could be that why it's that way. But I just know that 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 is the case. And what I've been able to do though is start to realize, okay, well, if this is happening in regular culture, like if this is happening at restaurants or when you go to like a regular like. Um, you know, just a grocery store is something that is not necessarily healthcare related. I start to actually see that there's so much opportunity for some of these things to come over to healthcare. And I'll, for instance, like Uber and things like that, like delivery, text messaging, like all of these things were happening where it's clear that this is what the future is going to lie in. So why isn't, why isn't it that Uber is not going to be involved somehow in getting patients to healthcare visits or getting medications to patients, which obviously all that stuff is coming. Yeah. Um, why is it that when um, I barely ever want to talk on the phone because it's just so much easier to text and so much convenient to text, why are we not having two-way messaging um, at a pharmacy? You know, these are things that, because I know that's what a patient would prefer. Obviously, you know, this is there's certain populations I prefer that, but over time, everyone's going to rather text message someone or especially if it's some sort of chore or something that just like, you know, you have to do, you don't really want to, but if you can just easily text and communicate that way, that is like an ideal way of communication. So um, Alexa voice devices, um, these are things that they're clearly, 
things that are happening in culture that people are using for everyday things that is clearly going to move over to healthcare. So for me, it's a lot of times just trying to drive that connection, see where those gaps are, and then see where we can, um, you know, like, how can we apply that to pharmacy? How can pharmacists be involved in that? How can that improve patient care? Um, fortunately for me, uh, I, when I was in pharmacy school, I'm also, this is, this is right now, I'm going to go into a story about how, why it's just so important to say yes to like every and all opportunities, if you can afford to, and if you have the time to, Love it. um, when I was in pharmacy school, I was, um, obviously just like going through pharmacy school and all of a sudden an email pops in like into our, our pharmacy school inbox. And it was a startup company called VUCA health that was asking, um, does any student, we need, we need students to write these scripts for our video content. Only four of us responded. And like, there was almost zero like real requirements to like get this job. You just had to, you literally had to be a pharmacy student and like know how to respond. Yeah. Right. Four of us did it. I was one of those students. I was like, yes, I'll do that. It sounds great. Um, and it was, it was a company that was creating, all I knew was they were creating medication videos. And I was like, yeah, this sounds amazing. I can, I can do it on my own time. I can also learn like, cause I have to write these scripts about medications. So I'm, I'm in pharmacy school, obviously learning about these medications. So it sounded like an amazing idea. And, um, that was the company was founded by David Medvedev. So he was the one that um, I had connected with at the time. And, um, I was very involved in like what they were doing. Like I wanted to know more. I was, I, I got really interested in how, like what he was doing, just realizing that he was a pharmacist also. And that like, wait, so you don't just like work at a, in a hospital or a community setting. He's creating like this, you know, digital health company. And, you know, I just, it really started to open my eyes and, and realize that there's a lot more out there. And um, I did that for a couple of years. And then I went off into my own kind of within community pharmacy uh, building created RX radio and things like that. And about two years ago, uh, David wanted to uh, start a new company essentially. So he's actually the founder of um, Aspen RX health, uh, the, the, the one that's creating like kind of like Uber MTM type of model. Um, he went on to create that company and was looking for um, someone to continue to run the operations of VUCA. And again, I got that call and I was like, yes, this one obviously had a lot more. Like, <laughs> more than but, just um, respond. Like, yeah. But I was like, yes, I would, you know, this is definitely something I would do. And, um, you know, I interviewed and stuff and, and I was able to come back into role. And so what we do with VUCA health is we create um, medication education videos and all that content is um, essentially licensed out to health systems, healthcare providers, um, health plans, and, one of our cool products is actually our uh, meds, what we call Meds on Q Classic. It's our, it's our flagship product where you put uh, QR codes on uh, prescription labels. Well, actually, since we're on video here, I can show yeah. it. So we yeah, have yeah. a, right on a prescription label, a QR code goes on there. And then patients can actually scan that QR code and get access to uh, video content, get access to also digital patient ed sheets and digital med guides. So um, we create the video content all internally. And um, it's, we've created a vast library. I mean, we have 90% of medications that you dispense at a pharmacy. We actually have a specific video for that medication um, to kind of talk about the side effects, talk about the, um, why it's important to use it, um, uh, how to get the best results out of that medication, how to use an inhaler, how to inject um, insulin. So uh, a lot of helpful information that is not necessarily intended to replace counseling, um, but it's an awesome supplement to um, obviously conversations with a healthcare provider, patients can watch these, this content on their own time, um, when they want to, as many times as they want and written in, in and recorded in a really easy to understand manner. So, um, that's kind of like, that's kind of like what VUCA health is and, and kind of the journey into, um, into like the new emergent spaces.
That's freaking brilliant, man. So it's kind of like, would you say it's kind of like the virtual pharmacist assistant? So not, it's, it's definitely like having a pharmacist in your pocket, but it's more of like um, a quick conversation that you would normally call a pharmacist for, for simple questions. Uh, that's now accessible kind of on demand whenever a patient wants to Yes. Um, in, in, in an easy way for them to understand in both English and Spanish. That's brilliant. So guys, imagine this. Let's say that someone gets a prescription, okay, and they get home and they call you and you're the pharmacist and they say, I've never used a Ventolin inhaler before. Can you walk me through the process? That's kind of challenging on the phone. But if you have a video, if they do it in person in the pharmacy, you have a lot more to work with. You can, you know, watch their technique, do the teach back, make sure that they're breathing and all those little intricacies that really improve medication delivery. So imagine the implications that a video walkthrough on how to use an inhaler property properly can have on adherence, on outcomes for patients. Like that's just amazing. Now, a year or two ago, you might think, oh, what's the big deal? Like just go in the pharmacy. Well, now with COVID, because that's ending soon, no, we have no clue when that's ending. So that's totally transformed the whole shape of healthcare to the point where everyone is now scrambling that was not online to figure out how do we do this. And the people that were online, they've, prob they've got an influx. And actually, I, I didn't ask you this question prior to the podcast, but I'm just curious, what, have, what changes or growth have you seen with VUCA since COVID started, like, has that impacted your company at all? Yeah, I mean, we are, you know, for, for being such a devastating kind of situation to happen in our country, you know, we're very fortunate that for the, for the business side of, our, of what we were doing, um, we did see an increase in demand, uh, not only for the digital patient education because of, um, the, you know, the potential reduced kind of face-to-face -face interaction, but also from a paperless perspective. Um, that MedsOnQ Classic actually uh, allows pharmacies to not have to print the med guides and not have to print those patient education sheets that they normally print on paper. We've actually confirmed um, across the nation with boards of pharmacies that pharmacies can go paperless with, with, um, with that education materials. Wow. And it's helpful to not be able to, it reduces contact in the pharmacy, reduces con waste also, obviously. Um, it saves the pharmacies money so, uh, and time. So there, there's a lot of, because of those two things, like the digital patient education and um, going paperless at pharmacies, we've seen a, a, a decent increase in demand. Um, for these services because of, of the unfortunate circumstances with, with responding to COVID. Absolutely. And I, I think one of the key things that you're so brilliant at, Rich, is your innovation, which I just am fascinated by. And I think it's such an invaluable asset for any pharmacist and really pharmacy student to have. And there's, there's a reason I want to point this out real quick. So right now, you're the president of VUCA Health and you help people with video content and getting ideas and everything else. Well, you don't just start there. You, it's a process, right? You get ideas and develop those through time. And what you said earlier, I think is something that if you're listening and you're a pharmacy student or you're a pharmacist listening, you're thinking of growing your career or changing your career. I think this is a huge point that Rich said, lean in to opportunities and really look at how can you flex your innovation muscle. So one of the things that I thought was super cool that you did, Rich, is when you were a student, you said yes to this opportunity to learn and dive in. Well, one of the things, and I don't know if you invented this or this is something that you just picked up and just put into your practice, uh, but there's something that you did when you were a pharmacy student or pharmacist for, for actually vaccinations that you termed the icy hot shot. And I thought it was freaking brilliant because it was just creative. It wasn't anything like 
crazy out of the box, but it made it a seamless process. So you made a video out of that on you know, YouTube or wherever you had put it, but then you thought this is the kind of information that they don't really teach you in pharmacy school, but if you were a first time pharmacist, it would really be an asset to leverage yourself as a expert to help really just drive patient care. So I just wanna kind of ask you that, like, that evolution of ideas because oftentimes when students are looking at opportunities like you had, they get intimidated. Like, I don't have this experience, there's people more qualified, or if you're a pharmacist, like, I've been practicing too long, it's too late, things like that. But it, it's a process of diving in and just growing through those opportunities. Most pharmacy students and pharmacists struggle with standing out among the competition. So at scriptyourbrand.com, we help you create your ultimate competitive edge, your personal brand. Once you have that, you'll also have the freedom to do what you love instead of having to settle being trapped working a dead-end job. www.scriptyourbrand.com Enroll today so that we can help you create your tomorrow. So th there's a reason I said that, that example that I chose, because can you kind of share what that led to uh, when you yourself became a first-time pharmacist? Yeah, so it's funny, that Icy Hot shot, um, I don't know even where that came from in terms <laughs> of, like, like, the, like, not the tech, like, the technique itself, I just, I, I think I, re I realized it in um, my, the, the first time I was giving a vaccination, around the first times I was giving vaccinations, I realized, I thought like, what is like, if Icy Hot can distract um, pain, because I was always, first of all, let me just dive into this, because some people might not know this. Go ahead. Like, the mechanism of action of Icy Hot is fascinating, really, because yeah. Icy Hot essentially, like all it does, you know, for, I'm sure if you're a pharmacist, you probably know, but I'll just reiterate. Icy Hot, all it does is like, it actually burns your skin a little bit, like enough to where your brain like is, is processing burning of your, of your skin, but obviously not enough to like make you react like your skin's on fire. But what it does is it distracts your mind away from the pain, right? It's literally, it's literally a distraction, right? It's a distraction drug, right? Yes. It's not doing anything except distracting your mind. And <laughs> I thought like, you know, if I can do this for vaccines, if I can distract their, like the, their mind from this, because for me, the worst part about a vaccine was like, is like the injection point. That's what everyone's obviously scared of. Yeah. Um, and I feel like if I can make that smooth and figure out a way to like make them not realize that I would be able to, um, you know, have great, you know, cause I'm going to be giving vaccines all day. Like I need to make this seamless. So I thought like, okay, if I can distract their skin by using like the points of like two fingers, if I distract their skin away from the point of injection, it would make it like a very a seamless injection. And to me, that's just where like kind of the icy hot technique kind of came to be where it's just like, and it, and I needed to, I wanted to be able to document this and like tell people about it. So I needed like a cool name for it to be rememberable, which obviously yeah, yeah. Heard it. So um, <laughs> it works and, and kind of, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's funny. Cause like, so um, I, the first place I actually wrote about this was in the book, first time pharmacist. And um, now I get, you know, it's funny cause I get emails about how like and good feedback about it and how it's helped. And obviously I've had, the reason I was comfortable sharing this is because I've obviously given like hundreds and not thousands of vaccinations and um, all of my patients like would always say really good things about the, yeah. like the actual like injection. So I was really comfortable with sharing this and gotten a lot of great feedback about it. But um, one thing I think, you know, in terms of your initial question about kind of, 
like new ideas and, and being intimidated and things like that. For me, it's, more, it's always been about getting over the hump of not being fearful about things. And a lot of times that is the perspective of like, what are people going to think about this? Or what are people going to think about me or the idea that I have? And that to me was one of the bigger things I think I personally had to overcome uh, to do a lot of the things that I'm doing now. Um, and that's because whether, a lot of times it's because I'm creating content. And when you create content, it's, you're so, it's such a vulnerable thing to do because yeah. you're creating this thing that you put your time and your own effort and your personal effort in and your personal thoughts into. And then you have to put it out for literally the world to judge, you know? And it's just, it's such a hard thing to do when you first do it because of the fact that like, you're just thinking about, well, what are people gonna think about me? What is my friends gonna think about me? What is my boss gonna think about me or, or someone that might potentially hire me in the future? And for me, it's been overcoming that which I think has been a gateway to like allowing me to like not be fearful to create content, um, to create a brand, uh, not only a personal brand, but a brand like RX Radio to build a brand of VUCA Health, um, which, you know, VUCA, it's, a, it's an amazing company um, built by amazing people, but uh, we weren't great at marketing before I got to the company. And so now to be able to take that to another level um, has been great. And, and a lot of it is due to just not being fearful as to like, um, you know, being judged for the things that I do and just kind of leaning into like my strengths and, and my passion. And that once I'm able to like break those barriers down, I, I felt, I feel like I can do anything with that. That's incredible, man. And with the coaching that I've done just through my own journey as well, like we, we got to go through it ourselves before we can preach about it or give advice about it. Right. I, I believe that hundred percent, but I think what you said is really key is we have to get over those things. And the only way through is, is through, like, that's how you do it is by getting that experience. And what you said is really where I wanted to go next with talking about your brands, but more so your personal brand. So you have RX radio and you've got this, you've got this dude, this Richard Waith dude. So that's kind of what I want to ask you about. And, and guys, I haven't asked them this before, so I'm, I'm curious to know the answer. So a lot of people think they have to come up with a logo or like a business or sell product to have a brand. But I, I think that with you, myself and Mike, I call ourselves the three musketeers of pharmacy <laughs> and I'm the weird one of the three. So I, they, I think they just kind of nod and say, whatever, dude. Um, but the, the reason I wanted to ask this is what are your thoughts on a personal brand with pharmacy students, with how competitive pharmacy is getting? Because now, I mean, you graduate with a doctorate, but it's, it's no longer like you're guaranteed a job or there's like job security or anything. But I think that piece of innovation, finding your, your niche with what you're looking to do with your PharmD and mentors and all the other career paths, uh, what would you give advice for someone that is looking for that competitive edge and maybe they've heard of a personal brand? Can you kind of speak to what that means in the field of pharmacy? Yeah, so I think the term personal brand is actually really interesting because if you probably look at Google searches and the usage of that, it's probably been um, exponentially increasing over the last couple of years, but personal brand has been around since people have been communicating yeah. and we're now just starting to put like, you know, put a term to it and, and realizing that action has to be taken to actually like execute on that. But in reality, what a personal brand is, is what others think of you or what others know of you. Um, when they see your name, when they see your avatar on social media, or they see your profile picture, or they um, hear your name mentioned somewhere, they hear the company that you created. The thoughts that people gather 
or the emotions that people gather when they hear or see or anything associated with you is what that personal brand is. And a lot of what I think people end up doing sometimes is overthinking that aspect. It's actually not super complicated. It's just, what do people think about that? Think about you. And you actually have full control over that um, to be able to do that for yourself and for your brand. And it's actually much easier nowadays to build a personal brand than it might've been um, in the past because of social media. Because what you can do now is um, previously what's what personal branding was, was reputation. So what you had to do was actually go to places and actually meet with people in person and, you know, and let them like hear you and, and see you and things like that. Now you don't have to literally, you literally, I mean, obviously it's not ideal, but you can literally build your personal brand from the comfort of your own couch. Like you don't have to go anywhere. And that's because of social media. That's because you can attach your picture or your logo, you know, if you decide to, or even just a white background with the first letter of your name um, as your avatar. And then you start creating content. The content that you now create, that drives what people think about you and what is the foundation of your personal brand. So there's two personal brands that exist today. Before it used to be one, now there's two. Previously, it used to only be your personal brand, your reputation in person, um, and what networking you did and what people thought about you. You still have that today, obviously, but now you also have personal brand on, on social media. So that is, and on social media, the way that's all created is, what do you, how are you communicating with people on social media? What, do you, what conversations are you a part of on Twitter, on LinkedIn, on Instagram? What is it that you're posting? Um, what articles are you writing? What images are you sharing? All of these things contribute and start to build over time what your personal brand is. And obviously your personal brand can only exist to 10 people or your personal brand can exist to thousands of people. And that's again, in your full control. You have control of um, connecting with people, uh, jumping into conversations on Twitter, finding connections on LinkedIn. Uh, you have that control of how far and wide your brand goes. And then you also have the control of what are people um, experiencing when they communicate with you, connect with you, or see your, see what it is that you're posting. So it's actually a really awesome, and especially on social media, it's really great. Uh, it's nerve wracking to try to build your personal brand reputation in person. Like, I mean, I'm a, you know, I'm a people person, so I'm very, and I love communicating. So it's, it's, a, it comes a little more, a little bit more natural to me. But I can see how nerve wracking it is to walk up into a, a group of people and just start talking about um, the things that you're passionate about or um, expressing things that um, are about yourself that are, are, which allows you to then build your personal brand in those little, you know, scenarios. So it's a lot more difficult in person, but way easier to do um, with social media. So um, that to me is kind of what a personal brand is and, and kind of what leads you to building one. hundred percent. And I think that's some great insight. And as a speaker, I, you guys know I travel all over the world to pharmacy schools and associations. And one thing I found is most people aren't really extroverted like I am. Most pharmacy students are really introverted. And so along with that comes that apprehension of, you know, I, I know I need to make connections. I know I need to network, but I'm nervous. What if I say something wrong? Da, 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 da. So I think one of the values that social media has is it's kind of like a mediator. So instead of meeting someone like cold, you say like, oh, I've talked to them on LinkedIn or, you know, I've connected with them on Instagram or whatnot. So instead of having just kind of like a, you know, a cold, I guess you could say like a blind date and networking, you can say, hey, my name's, my name's Rich. We connected on LinkedIn. So boom, there's rapport. And you don't have to struggle trying to figure out common ground. You can start there. 
So I think it's been a great leveraging tool really to create that rapport and get that conversation started so you can be more natural about getting to that place of, hey, I'm really about this. What do you think? Or, hey, I heard that you did work in this area. I'm interested in learning more and having those conversations about possible mentorship opportunities or, or so forth. So I agree. I think it's been a great tool in that regard. Yeah. And sometimes even that that's definitely one way to use it, but sometimes social media brand building and social media networking is like the full um, is like the full expression of it because there's been a lot of things that I've done. I've done business. I've done, um, gotten extreme, like crazy leads for, um, for, for what I'm doing with, whether it be RX radio or VUCA without ever actually meeting those people. And it's all been networking on social media. Yeah. Um, and I think, yes, it's also great when you go to a show or a trade show or, or a meeting and you, you connect with someone in person that you've only kind of talked to online, but sometimes, you know, the full extent of, of the benefit of the networking or the benefit of your brand that you build happens without ever seeing any of the people that you connect with. So, um, yeah, you know, it could definitely be both. I, I agree. It, it's definitely an avenue that can be leveraged. And yeah, I, I hear you with the business deals through, through the DMs and stuff like that. Like I've, yeah. I've gotten hired for keynote addresses through Instagram DM and they've never met me before. I'm like, this is crazy, but yeah. Hey, okay, I'll, I'll sign up, <laughs> you know? Exactly. So yeah. So with, with that being said, with what we were both sharing, if someone is kind of at maybe apprehensive about building a personal brand or putting themselves out there, but they know that it's, pretty much essential nowadays with pharmacy. What kind of suggestions do you have for someone that is wanting to start a brand or maybe they've tried to create content and they kind of just blew that off. But now they see like, okay, this is something I really have to do. I'm not comfortable doing it. I'm not sure where to start, but I know I have to. What sort of suggestions do you have for someone that's looking to get started? Yeah. So um, I, I'll we'll do like philosophically and then we'll definitely go like some real tactical stuff here. So like yeah, from, yeah. A from a, philosophical perspective you have to kind of, yeah you have to do some kind of self-reflection with like what is it that you kind of want like what do you want to do with your career or what is it that you want your brand to be about yeah. uh, and you know some examples of that is you know let's say you want you're just super passionate about respiratory therapies and you're like you know what i'm going to be an expert um in in asthma or copd or, or anything around respiratory therapies you can you can actually become that expert by building your own personal brand Right. But a lot of times you have to kind of start somewhere and the more specific you can get, obviously the better, but then you also have to realize that can change. You can yeah. start diving into that. And then all of a sudden, as you're, as you're researching respiratory therapies, you find some fascination um, with neurological, you know, the, the, the neuro world. And for some reason you end up being like a neuropharmacist, right? Takes it doesn't your breath matter. Away. Yeah. Like that. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't changed, dude. You, <laughs> so, um, so yeah, but I think picking one of those things is important, but not being fearful that like it can always change um, down the line. Once you kind of have that in mind, it's really great to now go and start to l search out that the people that are in those spaces and what are those people doing? And I personally like getting into like the tactical thing here. The first thing I would do if I'm starting from scratch, and I know I want to build a personal brand is I would create a Twitter account because on Twitter for a couple of reasons, Twitter is, it has an extremely useful function for search. So right now I could go on and search like three different words that usually happen in the same sentence. And I could find any tweet in the world over, over the history of Twitter that's ever tweeted these three words. And you can obviously whatever niche you have, you can actually go and start to find those things. 
and you start to find the people that are talking about that. I would, you know, this is going to sound funny, but like I would go and start stalking those people. What are they posting about? What are they doing? How are they building their own brand? Um, who are they following? Who's following them? What kind of conversations? I would just start like consuming all of that and start to see like what feels good to you. Like, oh, I can do that. Um, or I can tweet about this. I can, I can, you know, find this article and retweet it. And then I would start that process from there. And before you know it, months down the line, doing this actively, you're now, you've now built a timeline of people that you're probably talking to. You've now gotten comfortable with what you can post, um, what is relevant, how to find things that are relevant. And then from there, you can start moving to like LinkedIn or Instagram or Facebook and then start realizing that obviously every different platform has this different way to post and different things that you can do on there. But I think Twitter is a really good place to start to do it. And then also just keep in mind that you have to at some point start creating your own content. If, if building a brand for yourself is really what you want to do, at some point you have to start creating your own content. And also realizing that it doesn't have to be all the types of content that can be out there. You don't have to post videos of yourself. You don't have to start your own podcast. You don't have to write articles, but you should be doing one of those things at least. Yeah. You should be either, you know, tweeting really long threads, even if all you do is tweet and that's your personal brand, cool. But you have to start creating that content and thinking about, do I want to write? Am I a good writer? Am I a terrible writer? Do I want to be on video? Do I enjoy being on video? Um, do I like neither of those things? In that case, would you use and start your own podcast? So like you have to start thinking about what is it that you'd be comfortable doing? I was someone that I tried all of it. I did the videos. I did the, the I wrote the articles. I did the book. I, I obviously did my own podcast. So I tried, I tried all of it and I realized I'm okay with doing it, whatever it is. Like I, I'm okay with doing video, speaking in person, writing the book, writing the articles to it. Like I'm okay with it, but I don't think that the way that I am is the way that you might be. And I think you really need to figure that out and then lean into that and then start executing with some of the taxes that I just mentioned. I agree 100%. And I'm going to take what you said and repackage it a bit because I actually just gave this advice like an hour ago before we started to someone that was asking me. So guys, once you try some things and you find something that you really enjoy that resonates with you, you're a natural, you, you genuinely like doing it. It's not about doing everything, but what you can do is once you find that lane that you're comfortable with, that your audience resonates with, and you just enjoy the process, over time, once you get really good at that, you can repurpose that content. So it's not about taking all the platforms and making content per se in one different thing. Like, okay, Monday I'm going to make content and I got to make something for Twitter and Instagram, blah, 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 and original. What you can do, let's say that you like doing video. Okay. Let's say you love making videos. Well, if you film that video and put it on YouTube, you can then take that YouTube and put it on IGTV, which then will automatically transcribe that now on Instagram. You can take the audio file from that and turn that into a podcast. You can take the transcription from that video and turn that into an article on LinkedIn, Medium, your website, whatever. You can take snippets and make that a quote card on Instagram. All these different things. So instead of figuring out like how to do everything, just like Rich said, find the one thing you really like because once you get really good at that, eventually you're going to start getting creative and explore other avenues. And instead of feeling like you have to do all this content creation, yes, you do, but it's not everywhere. If you're focused, you can take that and repurpose it. So you're getting one good piece and then splitting that to fit the algorithm or the context, whatever you want to say for each of those social media platforms. I think that's one strategy that might take away some anxiety, 
for feeling like you have to do everything. It's just finding that one thing that you really enjoy doing. Yeah. And I think too, you know, you're going to see, obviously, as you start to get on these platforms and look at what other people are doing, you're, you're that also is an, an intimidating factor as well, because you're like, man, they're so good at, at doing these images or they're so good at their tweets, but you have to just realize that one, you have to start somewhere. And those people probably did not just start yesterday. Yeah. Um, for example, a lot of times people look at what I'm doing and be like, Oh, like, you know, this is really great. Like, Oh, what a great meme. And you know, he's just so good at it. I've been doing memes for three years now. So like the meme I posted today or yesterday was like from years of experience as to why I can be, I can post that meme, um, and, and, cre and create that thing. Now, um, you, one thing you have to also realize is that you're going to see these things. You're going to try these things, but creating content for the most part also is, is, is also an endurance game. Yes. And if you're doing things that as you're trying things, if you can genuinely sense that, like, I don't like this or I'm, or like, I just don't feel great doing this. I would start to like lean into those feelings and stray away from it because the more you can lean into the things that you do enjoy and what the content that you do like to create is the, is what's going to prove for success for the longevity and the endurance game of creating that content. So I would just make sure to lean into some of those things as well. I think that's excellent advice, man, because it's definitely about the longevity. I think, I mean, yourself, you've been doing RX radio for years. Uh, Mike, so many other awesome pharmacists, it's a longevity game. And people ask like, how are you doing that so well? It's because they didn't quit. They didn't have days where they felt like, you know, oh, this is easy. They had days, yeah, like that. But they also had days like, I'd rather be sleeping. I don't feel like making content. I know that I'm supposed to do this, but I don't want to. But they leaned into it. They, they, they had that through line of commitment, but they just stayed through that process. And they grew through what they went through. So I think that's something key is you won't do that if you don't like the content. So if you hate writing, don't commit to that. Try it out. But, you know, once you come to a point where you, you realize, like, I don't like this, that's where you need to pivot and see what else, else, what else is out there for that. Uh, so, yeah, man, I think that's excellent advice. So thank you for, for sharing that insight. So, guys, I just want to kind of ask Rich one, one just question. So with pharmacy, because I, I think this is fascinating, and this just literally popped in my head, so this is an unplanned question. Um, with pharmacy, and there's so much uncertainty right now with COVID. Don't worry. It won't be intimidating. or I won't, It won't be some crazy left field thing. I can handle <laughs> it, man. I can handle it. I'll leave that to my comments. Um, but no, like with pharmacy, and there's so much uncertainty this year, that's really the only thing we can be certain of. But the reality of that is that's how it's been all along. It's just been put in, out into the forefront. So with so much, I guess, change in pharmacy with the future of it, with job security, whatever that is, um, can you kind of give people advice for how to think or how to, how to evolve and pivot in pharmacy with so much change? What, what sort of advice would you give someone that's a student or a pharmacist that has that fear or they have that sense of fear with changes that are going on so that they can have some sort of plan or figure out how to create that plan for their career? Yeah, I think the, the best way to answer this would just be to have a, a new, like, I think people need to explore a new sense of, um, of perspective. And because of how crazy things are, whether that be um, with like, obviously COVID, just 2020 has been insane. But just even before that, like things that were happening with pharmacy and with job security. And um, I think the important thing is to have the perspective. Um, and that's both from a, from a micro perspective. And that's also both from like a macro perspective. Uh, for example, I mean, for me, like on the micro, 
it's, you know, I have a three month old son now that makes things just like makes most of things just not matter for the most part. Like, yes, things happen with work. Um, you know, obviously like we're, we're, you know, currently the day that we're recording this, there's, you know, who knows what the election results are going to be. There, yeah. There's all types of like things that are happening, but it's like, and which causes anxiety is causes fear, causes uncertainty. But it's like, at the end of the day, it's like, my son's good. You know, he's healthy. Like, so like it, it make it brings me down to like a internal peace and happiness. Yeah. Then from a macro perspective, it's, it's that, um, personally, I feel that like I can, I, I have the ability now and, and not, not because of the things I'm currently doing, but even like while I was in, while I was working in community, I felt like my possible, like my capabilities were endless and it was all up to me and what I was willing to, what type of work I was willing to put in for that. Um, but also realizing that from a, a perspective of healthcare and how new this all is like farm, the farm D is so new in the perspective of healthcare. And like, I, I talk about this on like, whenever I'm talking to students and, and in other places, like the medical doctorate degree, like the MD degree was given out in like the late 1700s or something like that, like hundreds of years ago, we just got the first farm D in like the 1950s. So like, we are so new into like our role in healthcare that if you're listening to this and whether you're in school or you're a pharmacist right now, that's working, you're a pine, you have the, you are actual a pioneer in the, in the role that pharmacists have in healthcare. Like we're, we're at the beginning of it right now. And because of that, we're able to create what that looks like. Like we, we can, we can say like, you know what? Yes, I'm working in a community pharmacy right now, but um, I'm going to work on figuring out a way to solve this problem because it exists and no one's doing it. And I think the pharmacist is the best person to solve this problem. And you can solve that problem. Like you can start tomorrow. Yes, it's not easy. Yes, it's going to take like obviously time and blood, sweat, tears and, you know, but you can do it. And I think that's like that sort of perspective and that realization, um, I think is, is powerful. And for me that what that ended up being was I was working community pharmacy and I knew that I wanted to do more, but I didn't know a lot of what was going out there. And that was actually kind of the genesis of RX radio. It was me trying to know what else were people doing out in pharmacy? So I was like, okay, well, how do I do that? What's the best way for me to do that? It is, and like, what, what am I good at? I'm good at communicating. I got people's skills. Um, I, I know how to ask good questions. Maybe I should start my own podcast. That's kind of where our trader came through. Now I can, now I have the leverage to like reach out to anyone, ask them for an interview. It was really selfish at the time, really. It was <laughs> to like, like meet people and be like, what are you doing with your day? How did you do that? <laughs> like, how do I do that? You know, like, so, um, it, became, it was really selfish at first. And obviously, you know, luckily it's something that everyone that tunes in can benefit from. But I did that and I started building my personal brand all within a matter of a couple hours a day um, that I knew that like I had to put in the work to do. And that's kind of where like hashtag kind of 10 to two came from. Yeah. I was working my regular job at a pharmacy, but I knew that I wanted to do more. And that was the control of that was in the amount of work and effort that I wanted to put in um, on my own time. So for me that, and, and I knew, and obviously I didn't know what was going to happen. I didn't know like the opportunity with VUCA was going to come, but I knew something was going to happen. There was, I was not confused at all that something big was going to happen because I was putting in way more work than anyone could ever think of. And, um, and, and I knew that it was, I was on the way to that if I would just keep grinding it out and obviously like something happened. And, um, but it was the perspective of realizing that like, there's a ton out there for me to do. And, uh, and I'm early, I was early in my career. I'm still way early in my career now. And, um, and I just executed on that. 
on that perspective. So dude, what you just shared actually reminded me of uh, Michael Jordan at the height of his career. Cause people asked him all the time, like, Michael, what is it? How are you so better than the best that were before you? Like, how are you, what, what is it? It's not talent. Like what, what is it? And his answer was, I expect more of myself than anyone else could possibly understand. So you have this standard of no one cares, work harder. You have to put in the blood, sweat, and tears. Yes, the passion is required, but that you have to put in the work. And I think that what you created with your 10 to 2 was so cool. And that's part of how you, me, and Mike got, got connected because we, we were those crazy people that would work you know, 12, 13, 14-hour shift rock it and then come home and work on the next job and people are like you guys are insane well i mean here we are like we, we love the stuff now it's finding more of a balance with you know you having a kid and everything else mike popping a pool in his backyard and all that <laughs> stuff i'm building a house so th there's all these div different things in life and i think it comes back to a point you made earlier you have to find something you enjoy but realize it it's not a black and white thing it's not etched in stone it's it's a path it's a structure but you have to approach it with that flexibility that life changes, your goals change. And another point you brought in, having that macro and micro perspective are, are good ways to ground yourself and not get too lost in, in all the crazy stuff that's outside of your goals, which in 2020 is pretty comprehensive with everything. I mean, we still don't know who won the election. I mean, there's lawsuits all over the place over that. We won't even touch that with a 10-foot pole. But yeah, man, I think the advice you gave is spot on. So I, I appreciate everything that, that you're doing for pharmacy and uh, how you're giving back with RX Radio, the podcast, and most importantly, the memes, because y'all, we need the humor relief for sure. <laughs> I actually want to, uh, I think one day I'm, I have to write the article about this, but just how, you know, the memes are awesome and they're obviously great, but like the memes are really a gateway to like, you know, my bigger goals and my bigger ambitions with with the things that i want to do both with rx radio or, or with buka um but uh you know a lot of times you have to come up with some of these strategies as well to think you know just because you're doing something now doesn't mean that that's like kind of what you might be known for forever or yeah. um but yeah i think you know the perspective of some of these things and um and making sure that you have that micro perspective of controlling the things that you can control but also realize there's a bigger picture involved um, you know, I think is definitely, is definitely an important thing to kind of grasp onto. 100% man. So I want to make sure that people know about you if they, if they don't, first off, where have y'all been? Wakey, wakey. But where are you most active on social? Tell us about your podcast. Where can people connect with you? Yeah. So, um, most active probably on Twitter. Um, like I've, I've been, you know, I'm not even like, I don't have any Twitter stock or neither of my sponsor, but I just love Twitter. Twitter's amazing. It's, a, it's an amazing. He's podcast. been saying that for years, guys. I yeah. can back that up. But uh, uh, Twitter is definitely, you can definitely connect with me there. Just at Richard underscore Waith. And then, um, but I'm, I'm on all social media platforms, whether it's Instagram, uh, Facebook, LinkedIn, even TikTok, just search my name or RX radio and it should pop up. And um, the podcast you can listen to on Spotify, Apple podcasts or SoundCloud or on um, the podcast website, which is www.fm, um, like a radio station.fm. And um, those are ways to connect with me. Happy to connect with anyone. Shoot me a message or a DM. Um, you know, let me know you listen to the episode. Would be definitely happy to connect. For sure, guys. All the links that Rich mentioned will be in the show notes so that you can connect with him with one click. Uh, but man, I just want to acknowledge you for all the awesome work that you've done um, for pharmacy, but 
coming back to the selfish thing for myself, like you, you and Mike both really helped me a lot with getting started with this podcast that you guys are all listening to. Um, yeah, it's, it's through that. So it's one thing to say, but it's another thing to do and put your time. And uh, yeah, man, I'm, I'll, I'll never forget it. And I just want to acknowledge you for the incredible advancements that you're giving back to pharmacy, the future of pharmacy, pharmacy students, and just fueling that innovation and inspiring all of us to dive in and say yes to those opportunities. Adam, thank you so much for having me. Really do appreciate it. My pleasure, man. Guys, this is Dr. Adam Martin of the Fit Pharmacist Healthcare Podcast signing off with the one and only Richard Waith of RX Radio. Go forth, be great, dispense your full potential, and script your brand. I see my victory so clear. I see my victory so clear. It's a day.